This morning, um, our scripture reading is from John 3, 1 through 21. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, We speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The word of the Lord. Lord God, we thank you for drawing us here to this place, and as we listen to the words of these songs, we just reflect on your faithfulness, on who you are and the character of God that is, that is shown in all of these songs. Lord, so often we think of and we sing about and we focus on ourselves. But as we gather today, we focus on you. We focus on who you are and how you have been changing lives. So we pray that Uh, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that you would move me to the side and that your Holy Spirit would speak and that we would hear words from you that you have for us this very day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sorry, I'm singing under a mask here. So today is the third week in a sermon series called The Call to Follow. 
And each week of this series, we're looking at a different uh, person in Scripture that Jesus approached and, and was with face-to-face and who um, Jesus invited to either be his disciple or to follow him in some way. And I think we can learn from each of these. So today is, is about Nicodemus, uh, as Jimeline read for you earlier, and his encounter with Jesus. So let me set the stage here. The people have flocked to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, when the Passover festival happened, uh, the city of Jerusalem would grow actually seven times its normal size. So the city has swollen uh, to seven times its normal size, and Jesus is there, and Jesus has been performing miracles, and he's been doing teaching, and he's been gathering this huge crowd that has been following around Jerusalem. And many people have kind of sought after him, but then there's many others, like Nicodemus, who have questions. Uh, They have uh, things that have stirred inside themselves, questions that have come up, and who is this Jesus, who is this teacher, who is this miracle worker? So as Nicodemus leaves his home at night, it's under the cover of darkness, and he tries to tell himself that the reason he's leaving at night is because of the crowds in the streets during the day. It's been so busy that, that he must leave at night, but the reality is, The reason Nicodemus is leaving at night is because people know who he is. You see, Nicodemus, he's he's well known in Jerusalem. He's a member of the Sanhedrin, which is uh, the supreme court of the Jewish people. And his colleagues, as well as everyone else, they know who he is in this town. So he goes under the cover of darkness to seek after Jesus. and, And those on the Sanhedrin... They've already made up their mind who Jesus is. They're sure who he is. He's one that has come to their city, and he's come to start a rebellion. He has come to to raise people around him, and he's going to rebel against the Roman Empire. They're sure of it. And if there's even a little slight spark of rebellion, then the whole fury of Rome will rain down upon their city. So the leaders of the people, the Sanhedrin, they're worried. They're worried about what this Jesus has for them, but Nicodemus, Nicodemus is not sure. See, Nicodemus has spent his whole life, like many of us, he's been drawing firm boundaries around his world. He's been placing himself into a box of his own understanding, and he understands the world around him. He understands culture around him. He understands his God, and and he's got it all clearly drawn out, like most of us do, or at least attempt to do. But this Jesus. This Jesus doesn't fit into this box that Nicodemus has made. This Jesus doesn't quite fit in with what he knows about the world. So Nicodemus is curious. And he sets off at night to ask Jesus, who are you? And Nicodemus goes out and he finds Jesus. And now he's face to face with him. But it suddenly occurs to him that he doesn't know how to address this one that he has approached. You see, the Sanhedrin, these leaders that he's a part of, they know exactly who Jesus is. They know exactly how they would address him. He is a lunatic, he is a heretic, and he's a traitor. Nicodemus chooses teacher. Teacher, we know you are from God. The things you do, the miracles, there's no other explanation. 
Jesus looks at him and he gives this look that parents often give their children that says, you have a lot to learn. As I was reflecting on this this week, of, of course I have many uh, situations where uh, as parents we look, we look at our little kids that way, but actually what came to mind was our cat. We have this little cat, she's seven pounds, she's an indoor cat, her whole world exists in the four walls of our house, it always has, every once in a while, she can go to the windowsill and she can kind of get a peek at the larger outside world. And actually, probably about twice a year, she's made her great escape. You know, the kids, uh, they'll leave the front door open or they'll be doing something or, or we'll be moving boxes in and out and she'll gather the, the energy and, and she'll go out the front door. And she's only ever made it as far as the driveway. And it's about at the driveway when she's looking out at the rest of this big world that she freezes. And she's called back inside by name and she scurries back into the house. You know, I think a lot of us live this way. We've created these walls in our lives, these, these four walls, and we live inside of them. We've created them in our minds. Um, and like Nicodemus, we think we understand the world. But we really only understand our own little house. Nicodemus, he's not used to getting this look that Jesus is giving him, this look that says, you have a lot to learn. Our children, as parents, we give our children this look all the time. They clearly have a lot to learn. But Nicodemus, he's actually referred to by Jesus here uh, in a little bit. He's referred to as the teacher of the people. And I looked it up, and, it, and that's true in the Greek. It's not a teacher. He's not one of the teachers. Jesus says, you are the teacher of Israel. But yet the teacher of Israel, one of the smartest men, one of the most wise men has a lot to learn here. So he approaches Jesus and he calls him teacher. Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, if you want to learn what God is really doing, you need to be born again. Born again, how do you expect me to become a newborn? You are the teacher, but you don't understand. No, not really. Then Jesus really confuses him. He says, like Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, I will be lifted up. And whoever puts their trust in me will be saved. Now, Jesus is referring to this story from thousands of years earlier, the story of Moses in the wilderness. Uh, it's a little obscure to us, but make no mistake, Nicodemus would have known the story. He would know exactly what he's talking about. So Moses is leading God's people out of slavery in Egypt, and they're going towards the promised land, and there's a vast desert that is in between. And as they're traveling across the desert, many people are being bitten by snakes. So there's a lot of snakes in this desert and the people are being bitten by snakes and many people are not only being bitten, they're actually dying from these snake bites. So Moses comes to God and he begs for God's help. And this is what God tells Moses to do. He says, take, uh, fashion a bronze snake out of metal and, and place it on a large pole and lift it up among the people. Sounds very strange to us. He says, fashion this snake 
put it on a pole, lift it up among the people. And as you walk through the desert, anyone who is bitten, all they would need to do is look at this snake that I have told you to make. Lift it up among you. And healing will come to their bodies. Not through the snake, through God's power. Healing will come to them. So Nicodemus, he knew this story well. But he can't quite piece it together right now. What's Jesus talking about? And before he knows it, the conversation is over. Nicodemus came with one question, who are you? But on his walk home, he goes back into the darkness. He travels through the darkness and he walks home and the questions, they continue to grow. They continue to grow in his heart and who he is. All of that he can really piece together is that he approached Jesus and he called him teacher. But this Jesus is not claiming to be a teacher. If what he's saying about Moses is true, he's not claiming to be a teacher. He's claiming to be the Savior. He's claiming to be the one who is lifted high. Now, interestingly enough, this is not the end of what we read of Nicodemus in the Gospel of John. Nicodemus is actually mentioned three times in the Gospel. So the second time he's mentioned, the, the crowds uh, have continued to gather around Jesus and months have passed and the words of Jesus have sat in Nicodemus's heart and the people are very divided on who this Jesus is. There are those who adore Jesus and then there are those that wish that they could just ignore him. But he's become, in their mind, such a problem. The people are divided, but the Sanhedrin this group that Nicodemus is a part of, is anything but divided. They are sure. It is their job as this highest court to kind of rule over the people and protect the people. And they see Jesus and they know that he is a madman. They know that Jesus is stirring up the people, these these people that are easily influenced and he's bringing them along with him. And it is their job to protect the people from this madman who has flocked them together. And it doesn't hurt that by eliminating Jesus from the picture, they actually are preserving their own power. The people are supposed to follow them. The people are not supposed to follow this Jesus. So this Jesus, he must be stopped. And he must be silenced. On this, they are united. But Nicodemus, he isn't sure. He's had this feeling that he's not been able to shake since his first encounter with Jesus. But he's been careful to keep these opinions to himself. There's a reason he went in the dark in the first place. And now they sit together in a room and they're waiting. Guards have been sent out to arrest Jesus and they should be back any moment. And Nicodemus just hopes that it's not too late. That their minds aren't entirely made up. And he has a choice to make. Does he speak up? Or does he remain silent? There's these times in our lives where we have to choose to speak up or remain silent. Or maybe we're being called to do some kind of action. And and we can either do it or we can not do it. But if it's God that's calling us to do it, then we clearly know the answer. And as I was again reflecting on this this week, one, one thing that came up to me was this road trip. And I don't remember all the details, but I remember it was me and one of our children... Um, 
I'm guessing Levi, our middle child, but I'm not sure. And he was young enough that he was still in the, in the full car seat with the five-point harness. And we were traveling from Illinois uh, to, to our family in Minnesota. And it was in the winter. And it wasn't like, it wasn't this kind of winter. It was like a hardy Midwestern winter. This was, it was negative 10 degrees. Uh, and it was, and the windshield was on top of that. And the wind was howling. And as we drove, we were driving across the for, frozen tundra of Wisconsin, and about halfway through, uh, we need a gas in the car. So I pull off at this gas station, fill the car with gas. It's cold enough out that I, I take the child out and I bring him with me, bring him inside, uh, pay for gas. And as I'm going in, off to the side, I see that there are two women that are, you know, the hood's open on their car and they're working on something. This is when I have to tell you that I'm not the hero in this story. So I look at them, and I instantly know who they are. I'm a very good judge of character, especially when God's not telling me to judge anyone. Uh, so I look over, and I judge them instantly, and I can tell by, by the nice clothes they have on that these, these women have enough money that they can handle this problem. Plus, I, I mean, I'm on, a, I'm on a trip. I need to keep driving. So I go inside with the child, and, and we pay for the gas, we go back outside, and I look over, and I see them again. And I already said I'm not the hero, so I keep walking to my car. And, and I open the back door, and I put the, the child in, and I strap him in. And, and he looks at me and says, Daddy, it looks like those ladies need some help. Sometimes God just needs to speak to you before it finally gets to you. So I look over, and I'm like, yeah, I know they need help but I've already figured out that they can hire someone. <laughs> like, I've already solved it in my own mind. Uh, but now I can't, I can't not do it in front of the kid. He's going to have to learn what, what it's like to be a responsible adult. After all, it's as a pastor for crying out loud. So, so I go over there, and, and I, as I'm walking over, I have all the excuses in my head why I shouldn't. It's two ladies, and, and it's me by myself, you know, an adult man, and I'm, and I'm tall, and I'm wearing a big jacket, and I'm a big guy, and I'm going to walk over, and I'm going to freak them out just by walking over. Uh, or, or, like, maybe they could totally handle it. Maybe, maybe I'm, like, being sexist by, by thinking I should go over. Maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to. And by the time I get there, one of them's on the phone with, with who I think is probably her husband, and, and he's trying to tell her over the phone how to add antifreeze to this car. It's negative 10 degrees out. The car needs antifreeze, uh, which means they got a problem. <laughs> and, and I offer to help, and they say, oh, that would be great. And then they immediately get in the car, because I'm a creepy guy that just showed up. But yet, the help would be nice. And I mentioned it's windy and it's cold. So as I'm there, I'm starting to, starting to pour this, and they already bought the antifreeze. I'm starting to pour it, and it's one of those where it comes down, and then it just goes this way in the wind. It's just kind of fluttering off to the right. So I'm trying to use like a piece of paper and like guard the wind, trying to get it close. Of course, it's this kind of car where there's like a gap this big between the car and where it needs to go in. So I'm like making a funnel out of the paper and getting, eventually I get it in. And, and we wait for it to work and it works and it does cool down the car. So it was, it was the issue. And it just made me think as I walked away that, you know, they said, thank you. And one of them said, you must be an angel. 
And I thought, well, you don't know what I was thinking <laughs> before I almost drove off. Uh, but they said, you must be an angel. And I, I didn't really continue the conversation. I wanted to say, no, I'm just a pastor who doesn't listen to God. But uh, we all get to these moments in life where God is telling us something. And we can choose, are we going to act or are we going to stay silent? And Nicodemus is there. And he's sitting in this room. And they're waiting for Jesus to come back. And their plan is to have him executed without a trial. Nicodemus decides he must say something. So he finally builds the courage and he speaks up and he says, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? And the room is silent for a second. And the snickering starts. And a voice with authority says, are you with him? You want us to listen to this heretic to find out what he has been doing. You can't be serious, Nicodemus. We all know what he has been doing. He's been stirring up the people. He's been questioning our laws. He has been threatening our very way of life. Sometimes we're called just to speak up when what we have to say won't be popular. And then we don't hear of Nicodemus for many chapters. The final time we hear of Nicodemus is John chapter 19. By John chapter 19, Jesus has been arrested. He has been put on trial. He has been sentenced to be crucified and he has been hung on a cross. And by John chapter 19, he has spoken his last words. It is finished. And fearing for their own lives, Jesus' disciples and those closest to him, they have scattered. They have scattered all around and they have run away. But one man is still standing there, looking up at Jesus on the cross. And he's a leader of the people. And he's a great teacher. And he's a member of the Sanhedrin the supreme court of the people. And Nicodemus, he has a choice to make. At this moment, face to face with Jesus on the cross, he can either turn away and walk back into the darkness like he did before, or he can step into the light. As he looks at Jesus lifted up, the words that Jesus spoke to him come to his mind. Jesus said, like Moses lifted up a snake in the desert, I too will be lifted up. And whoever puts their trust in me will be saved. The bronze snake was lifted up so that people that were bitten by the snakes in the desert Uh, could look at it and be healed. And here, Jesus is lifted up on the cross. Whoever puts their trust in me will be saved. Now Nicodemus knows for sure that Jesus is not just this teacher. He is the Savior. He's not just the one one who instructs people. He is the one that is to be taught about. And now is his final time for a choice. 
Not tomorrow. Not the next day, right now. Nicodemus must make a choice. He's either going to choose to step forward or he's going to choose to step backwards into the darkness. What we read is that Nicodemus chooses to be brave. He chooses to take his first steps into this, this new life. And along with Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus asked Pilate if they can have Jesus' body to give him a proper burial. There's no turning back now. Nicodemus and Joseph prepare the body according to Jewish burial custom. And they lay Jesus in a tomb. This is not the end of the story of Jesus, but it is the last time we hear of Nicodemus. We don't know what happens after this. He's not mentioned again. When we get to the book of Acts and we we read about the early church, Nicodemus never comes up. So we all have choices to make in life. We all have choices of what God is calling us to. Do we speak up? Do we stay silent? Do we help uh, the people with the car? Or do we uh, just move on with our day? When we look up and we see our Savior, are we looking at our money? Are we looking at our popularity? Are we looking at our social status? Are we looking at what other people think about us? Or are we looking at Jesus on the cross? Nicodemus, he had all of those things. Every one of them. And he had it in his perfect box, and it made sense, and his world made perfect sense. And then this Jesus entered. There's only one who can save out of that whole list, and it's not, it's not the money or the popularity or the social status. There's only one who can save, and it's the one who is lifted up high on the cross. And I just love this image of the snakes in the desert because as I see uh, me and and everyone else wandering around our world, I I picture us in a desert. And there's snakes all around that are just coiled and they're waiting to strike. There's hardships in life. There's hard situations. There's things that, that desire to pull us down. But God was with God's people in the desert. And God gave them the one to look to, to save them.